Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hi. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is here. He is here. And running the boards is Joey Dees. Hello. On today's show, it's comic book day, so BJ will talk a comic, so that's fun. Hey, <laughs> you know what? Nothing but the best for you kids. He did tease on Monday something that I would like, so we're going to talk about that. And then, of course, a Netflix movie that we mentioned a little while ago, and, well, BJ watched. And, hey, you know and, what? Somebody had to. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Ah, but also the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Got out our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Yeah, A-U-D-A-C-Y Odyssey. Odyssey. We can spell. Yeah. <laughs> can we? <laughs> we can spell the way that we spell. Right. And uh, yeah, if you uh, if you did, because we mentioned uh, back we had the Radio.com app that has changed now to Odyssey. Um, so if you had that Radio.com app, it's just changed itself. It updated its own self. But if you don't, uh, go get it. Go to uh, whatever Google Play, Apple Store, uh, whatever the hell you use. Uh, and, uh, the get Apple it. Play, the, the Google House. The, the you Google know, House. The, whatever it is. you Whatever you people are using today with your rock and roll music <laughs> and your appenoids. <laughs> your appenoids. Oh, my goodness. PJ. It is comic book day, and Woo! you've been reading a bunch of different comics, but the one we want to talk about is the old FF, number 30, Fantastic Fuhrer. Well, it's hard to believe, but they've had their 30th issue, unless, of course, well, it's, yeah, but this started all the in other like ones ahead. The 60s. Isn't this, shouldn't this be like they add like another zero or three or four to that? I don't know what's happening, why they renumber these things to make it so it doesn't look old. <laughs> I don't know. I you know I I, I I don't understand how this happened, but I do know that I uh, Dan Slot's writing it, so I will love it forever. Uh, uh, though I and and uh, art by uh, Z Carlos, which I really like this issue's art, it, and and I know and then it makes sense because it's uh, it's I don't think I've seen Z's work a whole lot. If I or Z Carlos, it's just the word uh, letter Z and letter E. I, so I don't know if it's Z or Z, but great great work um, and. Man, oh, man, let me tell you, uh, I finally got, it's as if Dan Slott said, BJ, we're not going to make you read a crossover. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Uh-huh. And I love that Dan Slott did this for me. Half of the half of the issue is about, the, I guess, the King in Black series that's been going on, if I'm not mistaken, within yeah. Marvel. And this is, uh, and the King in Black series, I've only, uh, I haven't read any of it, but essentially it revolves around the symbiotes. Uh, and yeah. dealing with all of that, so all the ridiculousness with that, and yeah, and if you get if you get you, you get nullified, I guess his name is Null, and they call it like K N U L L, and and if and if you get touched by the symbiotes, you get nullified, and then they're able to possess you, and unfortunately, they were uh, they possess you, but then your darkest things you're willing to express to people, so a lot of hurt feelings as. Members of the Fantastic Four were possessed by this, and then oh. they basically, uh, well, Ben and Johnny said some horrible things to Reed and Sue, uh, and uh, Valeria said some horrible things to her brother Franklin, since Franklin no longer has powers, and she basically said he's the most useless member of the Fantastic Four now. And, Rude. Oh, uh, yeah, it was not cool. Uh, but then then they were like, yes, this is happening, and oh, what's going to happen? And they go, well, just check out the King in Black. 
And then in the next panel, it's like, well, now the King in Black is over and everybody's okay. And I'm like, yes, I didn't actually have to <laughs> check out the King in Black. I know everybody's okay. Very bizarre, actually, to have half a mag, you know, half a comic magazine go, here's the storyline as if this is happening, and then go, and now we're going to jump ahead and the other thing is over. Um I'm happy about it because I know they do crossovers, but it irritates me. It's like, I'm not going to buy all your crossover magazines and you're ruining my magazine by basically having a storyline that doesn't finish up. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could be, you know what? I could be the old guy telling people to get off my comic book lawn. Uh, and, you know, people maybe like this where it just well, goes all over the place and they buy all the issues. And some people absolutely are. And I totally understand that when it comes down to that, usually when something like that, a big event happens, and I'm remembering stuff from like the 90s because that's when I was super into trying to find them, would be like the Onslaught event or maybe Executioner's Song where they were bouncing across different um, comic books and different uh, titles. But usually you could eventually find the trades that would bring everything together succinctly so it was like just something i'd end up just waiting longer for at that point yeah and that's the problem when you're reading books like in real time you're right totally, Rev. i used totally. to be a trade guy but lately uh you know what because if i'm going to be timely i have to read what's going on the other thing that i have a problem with and i i remember this when they came out with multiple spider-man comics way back in the day when we when they first came out with the spectacular spider-man is that you don't have the same teams doing it mm-hmm. and Look, uh, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but we know with television shows, there are certain quality writers and then there are less quality writers. And so I could always tell the difference between my favorite writer writing about Spider-Man and somebody else who was writing about Spider-Man. Yeah. And it wasn't the same. And so I stopped getting those extra issues for that reason. It's like, for instance, if they were to put out another Fantastic Four, but it wasn't from Dan Slott, I don't, I don't know if I'd get it because I like Dan Slott's writing. And so... But either way, uh, Dan at least gave me a smile by going, "We're going to give you, we'll just give you a half an issue that you'll, you won't, you'll, you'll, everybody'll be okay." And uh, anyway, it's uh, issue thirty. It's good. Dan Slot's great. I love where he's going with these guys, um, a- including just where he's taking Johnny. I feel like we're getting some framework that maybe they could base some new characters in the movies on what's being built up by Dan's characterization of Fantastic Four today. Because that's been the issue with Fantastic Four in the movies. How do you take these guys and modernize them yeah. and make them as likable as they were in the 60s, but make them modern? And that's they, they, you know, they've been able to do it with other characters, but boy, not in the movies for the Fantastic Four. They, they've seen wooden and not real in every movie incarnation they've done. And I'm really hoping that's just because whenever they put out a Fantastic Four movie, it was essentially to retain the movie rights. So the fact that that is not going to be in play now that uh, it's part of the you know Disney's Marvel MCU universe, uh, hopefully eventually, but that they can do it in a way that's not just like you said, just like wooden or ham fisted, where they just need to put out a movie because like the Josh Trank movie was bad. Like, super bad. Like So we, bad. We know how bad it was. And it was because they needed to reshoot the third act, but they needed to put it out in a certain amount of time to make sure to keep those rights. So they just, st- seriously, like, they went back to a soundstage that looked like it was made out of cardboard and half-assed the last act. So, like, I just am hoping for not just your sake, BJ, but just for my sake as well, because if they don't do the Fantastic Four right this time, what the hell's going to happen? Yeah, I, I, yeah. How many how many strikes are you going to get? Well, at this point, it would have been uh, four <laughs> strikes. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic like, four strikes uh, there. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, another, uh, moving on from that, a comic book movie that's, well, it's a superhero movie. I can't say it was a comic book because I don't believe there was a comic book for Thunder Force. Uh, it's out on Netflix, came out, and BJ, you did see it. Yeah, and I really like the theme. Like, you know, I wonder, Rev, if you're if you're onto something because the concept of this movie is really cool, um, and that's why uh, I wonder if this was a graphic novel or something because the concept of Thunder Force is is that yes, people have superpowers, but the reason people have superpowers is because the same gene that makes you psychotic was the one that allowed you to be mutated. So the only people that had superpowers were bad people, like villains. There were no uh, superheroes. Yeah. So the concept in itself, I think, I find to be really, really good. Now, if you if this was a graphic novel and somebody did write a book or something, they're probably very disappointed with how it was interpreted on the screen. Uh, you know, this is Netflix is having a problem because they're releasing a lot of crap, and they're releasing a lot of crap from high level people. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, look, Adam Sandler's very, very terrific. And some of the things that he's done, we all love. And some of the things that he's done for Netflix, we don't love at all. And Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer, they're really good actors. I mean, Melissa, I, I love her, and I think she's one of the best comedic actors we have. But everyone knows she's got hit-or-miss movies, and do we blame it on her, blame it on writing? Well, I feel like we kind of have to... I've noticed a trend with some of the movies that she has done is a mo movies that her and her husband both produce. And oh, or direct. Really? Yeah. So oh, this yeah. movie was actually written by Ben Falcone, who is her husband. Oh wow! So he he and wrote this they, con and concept. They both produced this. Wow, the concept is great. I really like the idea that they have got to create a superhero because the only people that got affected by this were supervillains, and they're terrorizing the world because all the psychotics are the ones that have the powers. Uh, and, and and so he directed it too. Yeah, it's. It's too bad. I don't know who edited it. I think that the the, the problem is is that you know um, you you know Melissa, you either love her or hate her depending upon the situation. Mm -hmm. The idea that you can have two, if you will, average looking people get to be superheroes is kind of cool. Um, and Jason Bateman is fantastic in this. He, he I mean, he, I've he, seen he, I've seen the picture of him with his little crab hands, and he's only known as the crab. And, so and it, it is as ridiculous as you would think. That's why Jason Bateman, the way he played this, is really good. I mean, the character is completely ridiculous, but Jason Bateman is so um, straight manning this. You know what I mean? He just yeah, plays it as yeah. a, a, you know a very dry humor. I like Jason a lot in this. I think Jason's just a great actor, and he was able to do something with a very bizarre part. Okay, yeah, because um, because like even uh, the audience and the critics yeah. on the old uh, Rotten Tomatoes are both giving it a solid twenty three percent. Yes, it's so, um, <sighs> it had its moments. It looked like it really could have used some paring down in the script, better writing, better editing, in my opinion, because there were scenes where I'm like, this scene doesn't need to be in here. This should have been cut out. Um, Melissa, depending upon editing and writing, can be really good. But mm -hmm. you're right. You're right, Vicky. Maybe when she's working with her husband, they're way too familiar and they don't want to throw their own, you know, they don't want to say their own baby is ugly. And <laughs> this movie could have been so much better because the concept is great. Only psycho people have powers, and therefore they've got to figure out a way to to counteract that by giving good people powers. Yeah. And it was just a bit of a mess. It was a bit of a mess because, well, Ben, I don't know if he knows how to write 
everything very well. It just, it, it, it would just, you know, it could have had a better writer. And it saddens me because the concept is a good concept. I love the plot. Maybe Ben's good at making plots and not See, really good at writing a whole movie. I almost want to watch this, but I also don't want to waste my life. So, I mean, maybe maybe, maybe I'll find a supercut or something that's uh, the funny wish, moments from it. Or, you, I, I wish know. somebody would take the concept to just do a better movie because the concept <laughs> is a good movie. Did it's a ever, good concept. Did you ever watch the Melissa McCarthy movie, The Boss? No, I heard okay. that was not that good. Well, that's another one where uh, she and her husband wrote and you know, uh, he directed. Yeah. So I'm trying to, like, I'm noticing a trend. Yeah, I mean, look, they get to do it. It's a lot of fun. And, of course, their star power, of course. I mean, I don't know if she's got to deal with Netflix or whatever to do more of these. But it's like, I feel like it's kind of lazy. I feel like they're just like, hey, whatever. You know, we're having fun. We're doing what we want. But there's something to have other people go, no, we're, can't, we're this is not good. We're cutting it out or getting a better writer. It's too bad. But then again, I got what I paid for, right? Which is my mm. Netflix subscription. Um, <laughs> I watched it. I watched it in a you know sort of distracted environment. It's like I didn't give it my full attention, and it was okay. Maybe that's why I didn't mind it so much because I really wasn't giving it my full attention. Uh, yeah, it's everything everybody says it is. I'm afraid it's right, too bad because I and Octavia Spencer looks lost in this movie, and she's a terrific actor, but. Yeah, this was not a good movie for her. It sounds like one of those, uh, you, definitely a movie you put on while you do some vacuuming, while you goof off on your phone, just have it in the background, maybe get a chuckle here and there, and pretend, you know, because we're basically just chihuahuas, just with more complicated <laughs> life <laughs> situations. We just need that noise. Hey, I resemble that. Uh, I do, now too. Going, now, going from something that, uh, uh, BJ, you, you were very delicately uh, uh, critical about, moving to something that you teased on Monday's episode that I would love. So you got my attention. What, what are you talking about here? Well, you like old-timey stuff, don't you? You know, old-timey Victorian-era kind of stuff? Yes, okay. And do you like it mixed with modern kind of cool sort of steampunky-looking stuff where they, uh, you, they're doing amazing you, things, but it looks like old-timey uh, equipment? literally just said steampunk, which is... Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, sir, there's a show on HBO called The Nevers, and it is effing terrific i i decided to watch it with uh. with, with my daughter because we needed a show because uh everyone's taking a break right now flash is going to be gone for a while superman and lois are going to return for a while so those are the shows we watch together <laughs> so i I'm saw always... an ad for that and i screenshotted it to remind me to watch it oh my gosh <laughs> I'm yes looking, uh, i'm looking at it right now so it's on hbo so yes. you're watching it on hbo max uh yeah well i'm actually recording it on hbo so ah, i can okay yeah, so, okay, yeah, so okay. You, uh, but either way it works yeah it's available on hbo max as well i didn't know what to expect i really was like well i don't know what this show is let's just give it a watch it looked like there was some uh spacey fancy stuff for it mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden what do i see as the credits are come on the scene i see written by josh whedon directed by josh whedon i'm like oh my oh, god how did yeah. this how did Joss do something and I have not heard anything about this show? I have never heard anything about this show. Well, it makes sense why it's so damn good. I mean, uh, <laughs> it is. They probably uh, didn't really use his name because he's been in the center of a lot of controversy lately. So they're probably like, this is just not mention his name too, too much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and how well, people watch this stuff. You might be right. I mean, you, you might be right because, it, it. yeah, I haven't heard a thing about it. It is terrific my god the opening episode was so compelling and, and 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 what and talk about a great concept again when a concept is written well you can see that you know like wow this is great when you got a great team of people getting behind it so basically it's this three years after an inexplicable event suddenly equips them with extraordinary abilities these two characters that we know that we get to know and others have these bizarre powers 
Um, but they are in. They're basically in turn of the century. Well, I should say old turn of the century, eighteen late eighteen hundreds. <laughs> um, and uh, most of the people affected are women, but not all the people affected are women. But I. But I have to tell you that it's curious as to who is affected, and you know I'm not sure what it's saying. Um, but I will tell you in the turn of the century, if you weren't white and male, life wasn't as great for you as if you were white and male in England and Mm -hmm. be basically. So we know that just in general. And so it seems like a lot of marginalized people are getting powers is what I can tell. And a lot of women have powers and uh, rightly so, since of course men were, you know, ruling the roost, white men were ruling the roost. And uh, you know, now all of a sudden, these folks that have powers are listened to a little bit more, but it's got a lot of action. The powers manifest in very interesting ways. Um, and, it, and, and, I, and, and it took me a while to get over the fact that Laura Donnelly, uh, who plays Amalia, um, Amalia True, is not Jessica Jones. Because I kept thinking, like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, is that Jessica Jones? And it's amazing how much Laura and uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Who's uh, Jessica? Kristen Ritter. Yeah, it is amazing how much they look alike. I, it, it, it is so like oh, my yeah, my daughter do. and I were like, oh my god, they, they, that looks just like Jessica. It's funny because um, when I watched the the trailer, because I got the little ad for it, uh, I thought she was the gal from the Flash, with the red hair. Oh, you thought it was uh, Danielle Panabaker? Yes, I totally uh, thought that was her. I could definitely see that too. As a matter of fact, yeah. And as somebody, I haven't watched uh, the episode like BJ has, but I did see the trailer, and there's a couple of very familiar faces. I noticed one person. Nimrod. Oh, yes. I know, but you're missing another one who oh, you're missing, character you're, you love. You're missing for you're missing a very bald person from Preacher. A re- what whoa. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And he play he's fantastic. Yeah, Pip Torrens oh, uh, plays mm-hmm. Torrens. Yeah. He plays exactly what you would expect that everybody would hate, which is of course a very privileged, pain in the ass, white British jerk. And he does it well. That makes sense. Uh, at least in this first episode, anyway. Um, but they give him a reason as to why. But I have to tell you, man, um, what a compelling first episode. As they are basically, there are two forces. There's an orphanage. It almost has a Professor X feel to it, where <laughs> Amelie and and um, and and her and and her partner Penance, they are both basically leading this orphanage, which houses all these special people they call touched, but they actually have special abilities and they go around trying to find everybody else that's been touched and trying to bring them into their orphanage to take care of them. But there's another faction that wants to kidnap these same touched people and do some nefarious things with them. And, uh, oh man, uh, it is what a wow. I mean, it is. I mean, you had me at Victorian steampunk, but, uh, as you continue to say this, uh, I've already sent a message to the old wife ski. This is going to be the one that we are absolutely watching. Did I give the title? It's called the nevers. I don't even know if I've given the title. I think we, I thought we did. (laughs) I can't remember, but oh, it is. Gosh, it's so good. I'm very, very excited for this show. It very much has a feel of, uh, Robert uh, Robert Downey's uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Or even if you watched, please Anola- don't uh, mention that. I don't know if people like that. Show. <laughs> some oh, people, I, some I, people do. Well, I really liked uh, <laughs> the Enola Holmes, uh, which had Millie uh, Millie Bobby Brown on Netflix. That was yeah. a really good one, and I kind of the same vibe. Yeah, uh, but more superpowery. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I haven't seen those shows, but definitely it takes place in that time of England, and uh, it is. And the steampunk does come from the fact that uh, there's a lot of science being created because one of the science. folks that would, one of the folks that touched says she sees energy and electricity and knows where it goes, which is allows her to make her inventions because oh. she can see how the energy can flow into things. 
and that's her special ability. And, I'm an effing uh, rocket scientist. And, oh, <laughs> Sorry, yes, that's what exactly. it made me think of. If you've seen oh. Misfits, but uh, oh man, there's it, it really is. It, it is. I loved. I, I loved it. I was like, this is so unique and new. The actors are fantastic. Uh, I have to say, Laura Donnelly and Ann Skelly and everybody. Uh, Olivia Williams is in it, and she did uh, this. I mean, uh, oh man, it is. It's good. Yeah, you, uh, it's on HBO. It's good. You've got me so stoked for that. So, uh, well, uh, after we get out of here, I'm going to be watching it. But now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? I have to start with just one meme. Okay, it's only one. <laughs> well, it's only one meme today. Uh, and this is just going to hurt all of us. Oh, oh no! Do don't this? do it. Why are you to doing me? this? I'm, I'm too fragile. And it was a tweet from at Very Bad Llama saying, a teenager at work asked me if I was old enough to have seen a PlayStation 2 in real life. And if anyone needs me, I'll be quietly walking into the sea. Oh, my goodness. We had a PlayStation 1. Yeah. I think, uh, was was GTA Vice City on the PS1 or 2? I think that was 2. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, it's still, that was the first game I ever played on a PlayStation. And first off, you hit me with the 80s music and I was all in on that. Because I was mostly a Nintendo person. um, And so not a PlayStation player at that point in time. And it, it... why did you have to say that, Vicky? Because I read it yeah. and I needed to share oh, it. A long man. time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And yeah. I, and, well, and even just like, I know you just did it as a meme to hurt me, Vicky. <laughs> but <laughs> like, even before that, like, people don't even know, like, the Super Nintendo or no. they just have heard of it. And even BJ, you know of it, you know, the Coleco Visions or the oh. Atari 2600s. Mm. Like, yes. I remember well, playing these. We didn't call it the 2600. That's how old that was. It was just the Atari. Oh, wow. When it came out, it wasn't the 2600. <laughs> it was just the Atari. And then all of a sudden, later on, they gave it numbers because they had, I think they had the 5200 that yeah. they tried to release that didn't do so much. Yeah. Um, and of course, the Intellivision, which was, this is, we're going back into the 70s and early 80s. Um, so I've experienced this already because uh, these words I'm saying to some people, they go, what is this you speak of? You've already what are you dealt talking with about? it. You've already it's, felt it's it It's like, all. put your abacus away. We don't want to play that. <laughs> oh, dang it. I almost made an abacus joke to BJ. And I was like, eh, no, I might, no. Dang it. I should Yeah, you should have done it, Vicky. Because oh, I'm old no. enough to know an abacus. Uh, but it is, it, you know, you really get to see where you are in life when all of a sudden there is a geek generation gap. where. It's- it's nuts. It reminds me of the meme is uh, you can tell a lot about a person when they tell you how they first met or first saw Tim Curry. Yes. Like it's yes. like a difference like was it Clue? Was it Rocky Horror? Was, was it, it Fer- Congo? Was it Ferngully? That's right. He was the big baddie that caused nightmares. Oh, he did cause nightmares. I would ever say like Home Alone was at 14. What was he in? He it was, was in he was in Home Alone 2. Okay, yeah. Lost in New York, but you're yeah. also correct. Yes. Uh, but I did, uh, I, did I know him. I get cred for how I know him even though, I mean, because it's you really have to be deep geek to know this Tim say, Curry. Is it reference. like a deep cut in Star Trek or something? Not in Star Trek, but it is sci-fi. Where? Uh, a, a, a show called Lex. Lex. And, uh, oh gosh! If you don't know Lex, you got to go check that out. It was a Canadian science fiction show where they used uh, heavy CGI back when CGI wasn't that great, but they still committed to it. And it is a very Whoa. sexy show. And they were four movies that eventually got turned into a TV show. 
uh, and Tim Curry was in uh, one of the four, the first episodes, whether it be episode one or episode two or movie yeah. one or movie two, and he played a bad guy who I think ate people. I right. mean, he was it was he was he was great. In yeah, it. the character was called Poet Man, and Lex yes. yeah ran for four seasons in the late nineties, and a group of misfits who inadvertently steal the most powerful weapon of destruction in two universes. Damn, I'm gonna have to go back and watch this, dude. It's a good <sighs> show. The, the special effects won't knock you out, except you'll be like a little time capsule to see what you know. In the '90s, it was pretty cool, but the storyline is great. I mean, there is a janitor who was this biggest loser who ends up basically controlling the most powerful ship in the galaxy. Literally, he needs to be alive for it to work. There is a a person who's a love slave. And she is designed to love anybody, but she doesn't even want to love Stan. Like, Stan can't get any action, and she's a love slave, but she's instead in love with somebody who's dead, but they can only bring him back to life, and he's really an animated corpse to defend them because he's an assassin, but he's actually truly an undead assassin. And then, cool. a, and then there's a robot head. And the robot head <laughs> is also, uh, right. the robot head is the one that got programmed to love someone because it got messed up in the processing. So the love slave is really free and she's not programmed to love anybody, but the robot head got in the way. And so the robot head loves the love slave, even though it's just a robot head. And it's the most bizarre, weird so show. Weird. I'm going to be, oh, I'm going to yeah. need to be super, twisted as super all altered for this one. But yes. I love the fact that we did find another Tim Curry thing that I didn't even know about. That's yeah, fantastic. That's, you, you'll get cred if you say you know <laughs> Tim Curry from Lex. What else do you yeah. got, Vicky? Uh, apparently, Disney and Sony signed a movie licensing deal that will bring Spider-Man films to Disney+. Plus Because we, Ooh. I think we talked about it in a yeah. previous episode that the, that the Spider-Man movies are not in Disney+, Plus yet because it's technically Sony. But uh, apparently they signed a deal. Let me tell you, Disney right. Plus has taken over the world. They oh, yeah. are, it's... A, a, well, a, not a, Disney in general, because Disney yeah. owns a majority of Hulu. And yeah. I believe mm-hmm. Fa- mm-hmm. FX and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, because yeah, FX Hulu is still a thing mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, yeah. it's so ugly. The, it's ugly, the deal will kick off with Sony's 2022 de- release slate and run through 2026, bringing various titles to Disney Plus, Hulu, FX Networks, ABC, Disney Channels, and Freeform. Uh but uh, so I'm wondering if that is also going to include like Venom and then when we get the next uh, oh, Venom movie. Yeah. And all those. Yeah. Venom. There will be Carnage and um, uh, Morbius. Um, yeah. Well, Morbius. Yeah, yeah. Morbius played by Jared Leto, the living vampire. Which hasn't come out yet. Uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of uh, Sinister Six baddies uh, within, mm-hmm. within and without the MCU. It feels like they're trying to bring and pull all of those together. Uh, it'll be super exciting to see what's going on with that. Uh do I have some time for a uh, for a uh, list? All right, let's do this list. I'll do list. Uh, so you know I love fan theories, right? Uh oh, here we go. But this one's a little bit more broad. It's about '90s classic movies, which I know is you know yeah. your forte. BJ's you know probably well he was around for him. You were oh, uh, you, a child. You and Joe were a tot yeah. when it came out when those the '90s movies came out. So I feel that probably BJ and I will be best equipped for this one. Uh, one of them being that, uh, do you guys remember Groundhog's Day? Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. Do you remember Ned Ryerson? Yes. So he's the guy that's trying to sell insurance mm-hmm. to Phil, and it wasn't until the very last day of the Groundhog's Day where he accepts his offer to buy like insurance from him. So they believe that he's actually the devil, and he imprisons Phil in a time loop when he refers, refuses to purchase Ned's insurance. And the only way Phil escapes is by finally agreeing to buy it. That's kind of an interesting theory. I've heard so many different theories, even people trying to um, suss out how many years 
um, his character was stuck in that time loop, and they're talking about like thousands of years, Jesus. just oh, based and wow. is almost just based on the stuff that he was doing, like how long it would take him to master the piano because he did that, uh-huh. or just all those different activities. So, like see, hearing something like that. It's within the realm of reason. Right. Especially with that ridiculous-ass movie. If you want some ridiculousness, watch Supernatural, because there's an episode where they basically do Groundhog's Day. Yeah. And then there's another one where, I mean, where somebody goes to hell, and they basically, it was only six months, but they lived out 30 years. Ooh. So, yeah, a lot it's of- It's kind of like that whole, uh, it's a, the, the reverse black hole from uh, the, the one movie with Matthew uh, McConaughey. In- Interstellar? Uh, yeah, yeah, good call. I want to call it Inception. I knew it wasn't that. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, with, with Interstellar, uh, with the fact that they would only spend a small amount of time near the black hole, but it would lengthen out to many oh, yeah. years. It's just the opposite of that. So another movie uh, fan theory here that's kind of dark. What's in the box? Well, we already knew what was in the box. It yes. was it was Gwyneth Paltrow's head. And who killed her? Uh, that would be uh, John Doe, which was played by Kevin Spacey. What if he wasn't the actual killer? What? He was just the Patsy and Somerset, which was played by his partner, Brad Pitt's partner, which was Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Was the real ki- killer. What? Uh, what? So in the beginning, we see a ton of Christmas tree air fresheners on the desk of Somerset. And Somerset doesn't want Mills as lead detective on the case. Why? Mills has a lot of detective experience. He would have been more than capable than leading the exper- investigation. So Somerset can be seen fleeing one of the crime seeds covered in blood. Oh, and then with the air fresheners, because that was the sloth was the one where he the the guy they thought was a corpse was stuck in the bed with all the air fresheners. And then suddenly, wiggle, wiggle, he's not dead. And that's terrifying. Another fun uh, uh, fan theory is that uh, Kevin McAllister from Home Alone actually grows up to be a torturous villain. Jigsaw. Yeah, there we go. Uh, (laughs) I mean... Sure. I just feel that at some point, like Kevin McAllister, probably like in his twenties, did something really stupid based off of a cartoon and hurt himself uh, permanently. That's kind of mm-hmm. where I feel Kevin McAllister would have gotten to at that point. Now, if they ever decide to remake or not not remake, but come back to Home Alone, that whole franchise with an adult Kevin McAllister having to do the same things again or something along those lines, maybe they can uh, expand on a, some sort of theory with that. You want to play a game at Christmas time? (laughs) All right, I'm going to take you to one of the movies that gave me nightmares as a kid, but I appreciate now. Okay. Jurassic Park. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dinosaurs are terrifying. Uh, But awesome. So they they believe that that T-Rex, you know, escaping Mm -hmm. was actually on purpose. What? So the Redditor says, I don't think it's a, it's a coincidence that Do- uh, Dodgson planned the embryo heist at the exact same time that the investors evaluators were touring the site. Dodgson works for the, I believe that was uh, Newman, I believe, on a... Yeah, Newman. Well, Newman. Ja- not Jason Alexander, I forget uh, his real uh, name. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Knight. Wayne, Wayne Knight. Knight, yeah, there we go. Uh Basically works for uh, InGen's rival genetics engineering company, Boyson, and the competitor is 10 years behind in, is it iGen or InGen? Yeah, it's InGen. Yeah, and they desperately need to catch a break. So what if his plan was not only to steal the embryos, but also completely destroy its funding prospects? So if you think about it, they were probably courted by mm. the same investors as uh, InGen, and they would likely know that InGen was the front runner due to their advances in gene sequencing technology. 
but their safety record was suspect after the Raptor incident, and Biosyn could have been aware of that the invest, uh, investors mandated a two-day expert evaluation before the next round of funding was released to Engen. And if you just think about it, I mean, the whole thing is based on a corporate, esp- corporate espionage um, slant to it, so I could see them continuing that. Like, that one's not so far out of reach. Like, I that one, could I could actually see that being a thing. Yeah, and if... Uh, Dodgson could meddle in the investors' evaluation tour. He could crush any chance of InGen receiving funding and possibly secure investments from Biosyn. It makes sense for Biosyn to go to this extent. The park is estimated to have higher attendances than zoos and even sports. This is the next multi-billion dollar entertainment industry Mm -hmm. uh, as the slideshow in Jurassic Park's restaurant. Yeah, I know that Michael Crichton didn't put that much thought when he uh, wrote the book or or anything along those lines. Because it was essentially a rehash of Westworld, just dinosaur world at that point in time. Is that really where he got the inspiration from? Yeah, yeah. Like he wrote both. Not, uh, yeah. He wrote, yeah. He wrote. Oh, he, he wrote. He I didn't wrote realize both. he yeah. wrote yeah. Westworld as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that was a big thing, too, because he had secured the movie rights to Jurassic Park even before he wrote the book. Like everyone okay. was like, oh, Westworld was pretty good. Uh, you're going to do one with uh, dinosaurs in. I'm glad they're not banging dinosaurs, though. That would have been weird. That would have been strange. Stranger than what they did with the movie. Yeah, that would have been so, a very strange. Yeah, I mean, there's probably Rule 34 out there with uh, Jurassic Park. So if you, that's your thing, I guess search for what? it on your own. There actually, yeah, those, nope. there are those. I've seen the book covers. No, okay, all right. No, I'll just stick to the lizard people. They're a lot nicer. <laughs> all right. Oh, those romance novels look icky. Well, until next time, stay dirt. Nerdy. Dirty. Whoa, dirty. Oops. Yeah, stay lizardy. <laughs>